And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Right, hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Buffalo Beat. The Bills victorious once again, coming off their bye. They uh, defeat the Los Angeles Chargers 27-17. to The Bills are now 8-3 on the season. It is the second straight year that the Bills have gone 8-3 through their first 11 games. And that uh, has this Bills team kind of on a similar track to where they were last year, uh, where it looks like the playoffs are... Actually, this year it looks like the playoffs are... Uh, almost a certainty as long as they don't completely blow it uh, but they are putting together victories maybe even having a little bit of a throwback flair to the victory today but uh, but nonetheless the Bills are victorious my name is Joe Biscalia with me is my podcast co-host Matthew Fairburn and Matthew this was a game that was a win but it almost felt like it was more difficult than it needed to be because of the opponent. And, you know, part of that is the opponent because it seems like crazy crap always seems to happen whenever the Los Angeles Chargers are involved, dating back to the last few years. But it it really seemed like the Bills were their own worst enemies at, at times. And, and that uh, probably had a lot of fans frustrated in the game. Yeah, that was the the thing that came to mind for me when thinking about this game and uh, looking back on it is that there's probably, you know, probably anybody that's a fan of the Bills who was watching that game uh, just wanted it to be over. Um, and, <laughs> right. And I, I don't mean that to say, like, you know, that the, it was so bad that they just, you know, wanted to turn it off, but just wanted to get through it. it just wanted the Bills to find a way through and get a win because it seemed like they were doing so much to hurt themselves in this game. Um, the Chargers were doing plenty to hurt themselves too, but the Bills were doing a lot to hurt themselves. And um, there was a lot of potential disasters, uh, you know, waiting to happen in this game, starting with Josh Allen almost getting seriously injured. Um, yeah. What looked like, could have been a serious injury probably had a lot of people um holding their breath for a little while somehow only missed one play um i don't know what his ligaments are made of where his ankle can bend that way um but you know the fact that he only missed one play was um a huge deal for the bills obviously when it looked like he could have been out for much longer uh on the initial view of that injury but then just penalties um, you know, a lot of self-inflicted wounds and then three turnovers and seven plays in the fourth quarter as if they were mm. trying to, you know, let the Chargers hang around in this game. So I'm sure there were a lot of people out there just waiting for this one to end because there's not much, you know, as Bills fans have probably learned more this year than in years past, games like this one, there's not a whole lot to gain, not a whole lot to take away uh, necessarily from it. You know, it's not quite the Jets game. But it's one of those games where it's like find a way to win and, you know, forget about the style points because the Bills haven't been been known for those too often um, the, the last few years. But it was just one of those games that was getting ugly at times and uh, lots of mistakes. But, hey, still a 10-point win despite, you know, everything that they did. You know, they're, they're sort of making a living at finding ways to have they find ways to have other things go right when certain things are going wrong and i think they did that today 
Yeah, I mean, that's a definitely a good trait to have, especially in when you get into this time of the year. So that way you don't have to worry about, uh, or that way you have that ability to potentially steal away these these victories to, because you are have been playing in all of these close games. Uh, so that part is a good thing. And you brought up the, the Jets game, and I'm assuming it's the second one, second Jets game, because the first one was a real laugher. But when when you look at that game in comparison to this one, I think I almost uh, side with that being, you know, the uh, the results and points that they scored notwithstanding. They were a more efficient passing offense in that game, and they were more threatening in that game than uh, than the Bills were against the Chargers. And I understand that the Bills only scored, what was it, 18 points in that game against the Jets, but they were still driving the ball down to the point where they could have gotten a touchdown on a number of those drives. They probably should have ended up with 30 to 40 points in that game, but they had an overall lack of efficiency there, and that was kind of the story of that game. This game, it just seemed like they kept shooting themselves in the foot, and and I know I kind of uh, pointed it out uh, when I was introing the entire episode, but this one, this game, felt so much more like 2019 than than any of their other games because the offense was really it, it was they were more focused on the run. Uh, they they kind of threw the the passing attack to the side, maybe even as a as a stubborn sort of approach like a predetermined approach that they wanted to establish the run especially for the stretch of the the final five games of the season and maybe even in the playoffs but it completely threw off their entire identity as this explosive passing attack and they just never seemed like they were in sync at all in the game and if it wasn't for a a a uh defensive penalty and an offsides penalty like what does josh allen's day look like at, without that gabriel davis uh throw down the sideline where he knew he he that ball at worst was uh was either going to come back and and be a penalty on the defense he knew he couldn't get picked off and he said okay what's the worst that could happen but that those type of plays just weren't there outside of that one and that to me is just kind of uh, cutting off one of the best parts about this team. Like, they are an explosive passing attack. They have one of the best receiver cores in the entire league. And to not get Stefan Diggs a reception until the third quarter, that's maddening. He's one of the best receivers in the NFL this year. And on top of that, just making so many different mistakes. And I know they were efficient running the ball, which is a good thing to get that started. But the the big point is you don't have to be an overwhelming rushing attack to be a good running team. It's all about efficiency, maximizing your chances, um, spotting weaknesses within the defense, and making sure that they know that you're a threat to run the ball. But at the end of the day, this offense is bread and butter is not running the ball. Like, Devin Singletary had a nice run today, and and that was all well and good, but he is not going to be the one that potentially leads this team to the Super Bowl. Zach Moss is not going to be the one that leads this team to the Super Bowl. That, if they make it, that is going to be Josh Allen if, if they have a shot at this thing. And, you know, it's doing this one game is one thing, and, you know, all well and good, establish establish it and, you know, get yourself on the right track because it was kind of futile in Arizona. But it's also a dangerous thing to do when you are trying to be be a run-first team in a, in a single game. And you have to be very careful that it doesn't throw off your the, the passing attack, especially with a younger quarterback. You have to be very careful that that's that's not crushing or or putting some uh, some doubt in the in the true identity of the offense. So while it was good that they ran the ball, um, this was very much a throwback where they needed to depend on the defense to bail out the offense and not the other way around. And it it 
once again, it was not like a total output that that uh, that they've been waiting for. It was uh, it was the defense bailing out the offense. And early in the season, it was the offense bailing out the defense. They're still waiting for that that one big game where it's just uh, it's all put together, and it it just hasn't been there yet. Yeah, it's uh you know it, this is not necessarily a formula that you want to use to win games right. uh, week in and week out. You know the formula is the Seahawks game really. Um, you know games like that where you jump out to quick leads and can let the defense work. Uh, you know as an aggressive unit. But you get out to those quick leads with the passing game. That's what they've done all season long. That's the the way they've jumped out to some of their bigger leads early in games is by throwing the football. And, you know, that there's nothing wrong with Stephon Diggs catching. There's really not that big of a difference between Stephon Diggs catching a pass that goes for six or seven yards and Zach Moss running the ball for six or seven yards, whatever nope. works, you know, you know, move the ball. Like, so, and I'd say the digs plays a higher percentage play this season than, than a, a six or seven yard run from one of these running backs. So I think there's, you know, probably an element of, you know, wanting to balance out this offense and, you know, make sure that that's something that they can do when they need to do it. But I also didn't really think the matchup or situation necessarily called for it. Um, totally agree. You know, th- this is a, a Chargers team that gets uh, torched in the air pretty regularly uh, this season. They were, you know, one of the worst passing defenses uh, in the league coming into the game, you know, especially with all the injuries that they have. And I know there was no Melvin Ingram today. I know Bosa was a handful. But, um, you know, there were there were yards to be had in the passing game, you would think. Um, especially because the Bills have have moved the ball against better secondaries than this one. Uh, And it's not that the Chargers are necessarily great at stopping the run, as they showed today, but there were were plays to be had, I I think, in the passing game that weren't there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It's definitely encouraging for the running game to show signs of life and for the offensive line to to do what it did in the running game. Um, Joey Bosa notwithstanding because he was all over the field today. Right, um, yeah. But, you know, you like, you like to see those those plays out of the running backs. You know, Singletary, you know, it's weird. I, I wrote this. It's like every, every element of this game for the Bills, you could attach a, a butt to it, right? Devin Singletary had a great game, but he fumbled. Um, you know, Zach Moss had the great run, but then, you know, a 15 yard penalty, which probably wasn't his fault, but you know, still it seemed like everything that was going well for the bills, there was something on the other end of it. So, um, offensively, just not a great day, but you know, the fact that the defense is proving more and more capable of not just keeping them in games, but winning them games, um, which they've done a few times here in the second half of the season. I think that is, a strong sign. Again, it's not the formula that you want to use, but if that, you know, if this defense and the early season offense show up at the same time, that's where this team could be really dangerous in mm-hmm. January. So lots of problems in this game that they have to get figured out, but a lot of them are very correctable. A lot of them are very, uh, you know, things that you can change, um, whether it's, an approach like you're talking about, um, you know, a different um, philosophy heading into a game or just simple self-inflicted stuff that they can avoid. And when you think about it through that lens, you know, there's there's a, a silver lining to, you know, some of the mistakes they made today. It really felt like, and and you're absolutely right, they, they it, it does seem like they can better themselves in a lot of these areas. But it almost felt like with with the running game in particular that it was kind of like a decree based on how critical McDermott was of the running game uh, right before they adjourned for the bye week and wanting to to get that going and because it's going to be a, a cold weather uh, end to the season and they are going to need to be able to run the football to balance things out and you know every cliche going when it's it's somewhat infuriating because with how far 
the NFL has come and how far coaches have come, it still always tends to go back to the old accepted principles and the run game being one of them. Like Tyreek Hill just went for 200 yards in the first half against the Buccaneers. Do you think the Chiefs really gave a damn about their rushing game? <laughs> like, like they, they just went out and attacked. They knew the Buccaneers were going to try and stop their passing game, and they failed horribly, miserably. And it's like, okay, so the Bills feel like their running game didn't, didn't get going um, recently. That's fine. But don't come into a game and just think to yourself, oh, we're, we're really just going to pound the ball today even though the Chargers are without two of their three best pass rushers off the edge even though the Chargers are without their best cover cornerback in Casey Hayward even though the Chargers are without uh their their best safety in Derwin James like they had so many things in their favor uh to attack this Chargers defense through the air especially because they've been bleeding yards like you pointed out and it just it just kind of felt like a decree to to establish it and I think that's that's probably the more frustrating thing because you see how effective this offense can be and how explosive they can be and how they can just run away with things at times in in games when they're when they're throwing the ball and doing it with ease and no they didn't have John Brown but Gabriel Davis looked looked really freaking good today and when you have that, you have Cole Beasley, you have Stefan Diggs. Like, it just seemed like they did it on purpose just to prove a point that they could. And I don't know. I, that, that, that kind of falls on, on uh, it just kind of falls short for me. It kind of misses the mark for me. And I understand that they were efficient running it. But, like, the correctable things, one of those corrections that they need to make is they need to be a pass first offense <laughs> forget the weather uh, forget the weather concerns all of these different things like this was it's almost december and it was perfect conditions today throw the ball like that is that is the best part of your offense so i don't know i'll i'll get off my uh my uh little little stand here uh after i hear what you have to say but i i just i just think it's so um it's just so thought it's just thoughts from yesteryear and and logic from how things were always done before and I, I don't know it just to me it's it was a uh, it was just a little much to to kind of push aside the 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 passing offense even though they had all of these things working in their favor yeah it i think there's an element of you know, overthinking things a little bit involved yeah, there I agree. too. You know, and you know, you go back to the Chiefs game where, you know, it was the other side of the ball where they were kind of overthinking things and, um, you know, sitting back in coverage and just allowing the Chiefs to run the ball all over them while still letting them pass. I mean, the the fact of the matter is, you know, especially as we get to this point in the season and as the Bills have become this team where, you know, like you said, they're pretty much a lock to make the playoffs. I think it's 93 or 94%, according to 538. Um, pretty close to a lock to win the division if they don't screw it up. You, you have to think about them in context of like, all right, how far is this team going to go? And, you know, as you alluded to, they're probably not going to ride Devin Singletary and Zach Moss to the Super Bowl. Um, that's within the range of possible outcomes, I suppose, but I don't think it's the most likely path to get there. And yes, it's not looking like there's too many teams at all that can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Chiefs, but if you want to do it, you can't be afraid to get into a shootout. Um, mm -hmm. They were afraid to get into a shootout in the first game, and weather might have played a role there, but um, they certainly didn't want to to get into a shootout there. And they didn't, and they just lost a slow, you know, painful loss. And I, I think the mindset that you're talking about, the, you know, that the pass first philosophy, which they've had all season, which is, you know, people want to talk about identity and team identity all the time. That is the identity. Like that's, 
You know, they're not searching for it. That's it. Uh, they just need to embrace it all the time. And there will probably be games like, you know, the Patriots game was one where it, I thought it made sense to run the ball. The Patriots absolutely were right. so bad right. at, at run defense and Bill Belichick has Josh Allen's number and they have a pretty good secondary. So, you know, that was one of those games where it was like, all right, they need to do this. They were able to do it. Good for them. This one, you know, there were no weather concerns. There were no matchup concerns. They did run the ball great, but they didn't do it exceptionally well in the first half. It was kind of a breakout second half, uh, you know, with the running game. So I don't know. There was, I don't know if any of it had to do with Josh Allen, um, you know, tweaking the ankle. Uh, I think there's there's something worth watching um, with that injury because as we saw with the shoulder, I don't think he missed a play uh, with the shoulder injury, but it was somewhat of a factor over the next few weeks. I think he's still got the, the brace on it. Um, you know, if you look under his, his shoulder pads and I, this ankle feels like, and assuming it was his ankle, they were kind of wishy-washy on it. It looked like his ankle. Um, I think if it was his knee, it would have been a, a different conversation, but I don't know, just something to keep an eye on. Cause this is not a guy that's going to talk about how much pain he's in or show that he's in any pain. He'll be a full participant in practice, but, or you would think he would, you know, but you just wonder what happens when he takes that, that cleat off, right? You know, does the ankle swell up? Um, how does it limit him as a player? Uh, and I bring that up only to wonder, like, after he had that, you know, little injury scare, did they think, oh, maybe we don't want him sitting back in the pocket against Bosa, but then they were running the ball with him. So, uh, yeah, he know, ran the ball three more times after kind that of another thing that every time he ran the ball after getting that injury, just felt like they were playing with fire. Um, and he play, he's been playing that way the entire season, his whole career. Um, and it's not to say that, you know, an injury is bound to happen, but he puts himself in harm's way a lot. And he they need him healthy. They need him healthy and throwing the ball if they're going to have a chance in the playoffs. And the, that not that what this is about at this point, right? It's not about beating the Chargers in November. It's about, you know, beating the Titans or the Ravens or the Colts or the Steelers in January or the Chiefs in January. Uh, all of that is in front of them. You know, they're going to have this is this is the year. This is, you know, a wide open window to compete for a championship. It's all right there. And they've shown at times different pieces of being the team that could, you know, get it done at that time of year. It hasn't all been there all at once all that often. But it rarely is for teams around the league. You know, there's not many teams mm -hmm. that can say that, you know, week in and week out. So it's just about finding you, – you would think that what you're talking about with them kind of leaning into this running approach or even against the Chiefs, the mistakes they made coaching-wise there, that, you know, there's a, a self-evaluation going on and some self-awareness as they head into January to just say – all right, this is who we are. This is what we do. We've tested out all these different ways to, to get this done. Now it's time to just lean into it and let it ride. And who knows? I, I don't know. Who knows how good this team could be at that time of year. Right. But um, right. don't like don't come up short because you're you're scared to go for it. You know, don't come up short because you're you're scared to let it rip uh, and win that way because. Frankly, that's the only way I see them winning uh, is with Josh Allen riding a heater at some point. And he's certainly not on a heater right now, but we've seen him on one and we've seen what that looks like. And there's not a lot of teams that want to play against this off offense when it's rolling the way it was earlier in the year. Yeah, well said. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Um, all right, let's go to the defensive side of the ball uh, because this is probably the best part of their victory because um, the the defense came up clutch when they needed to. Um, they did allow some points, but they still held a Chargers team that had been getting to 30-plus points pretty, uh, pretty often uh, with their young quarterback, Justin Herbert. And they only held him to 17 points. And even with some shortened field opportunities, they they were still great today. I mean, the pass rush was getting there. They were winning on the edge. They were winning on the interior. The linebackers both looked good. A.J. Klein, Tremaine Edmonds, Tredavious White chipped in with an interception, which was an insanely good play where he read uh, Herbert's eyes and uh, had nobody in front of him and, and came from the, the boundary to come pick off the pass. Um, it, you had that working, uh, the safeties were playing well for the majority of the game. Like everything was, was working in this game for them. And they were, they, they, uh, challenged Herbert in a way that he has yet to be challenged. And that was a, an encouraging thing for them moving forward, which is why I kind of called this a throwback game because the defense was, was the reason why this game was put away. It's not the offense doing the things that they needed to to you know shut the door on the Chargers. It was the defense continuing to shut the door on the Chargers and, and not allow, well, that and Anthony Lynn tripping over himself to make terrible decisions throughout the game. Um, but all of those things, the defense disallowed what, what the Chargers were, were trying to do. So, uh, so yeah, I, I thought it was a, an incredible effort by this this squad, especially after a major disappointment against the Arizona Cardinals before the bye. Um, they they looked really good today, and they looked explosive. And every single part that they wanted to to get right, um, it it worked today against an opponent that they should have dominated. Yeah, big uh, big hit on the under. Uh, you know, for the uh, <laughs> I know for all the. Uh... For all my fellow cowards out there that that you know didn't want to ride the overwave this week, um, the you know the, the this is the I, I kind of could see this coming like I that Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier's secondary was not going to be torched by a rookie quarterback, even one as good as Justin Herbert, and he had some great moments uh, in this oh, game. Yeah. Uh, showed all the flashes of being the player that has been, you know, kind of taking the league by storm, had some great drives, uh, some great throws, stood in against pressure. Uh, he was really good. But the Bills always seem to have an answer, uh, especially for for the younger quarterbacks. It's a, it's almost like a, an offense like the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo, Nick Mullins, whoever you want to throw in there, it doesn't matter. Like that offense might be, with Nick Mullins, might scare you a little more than this one because – they can run and scheme up, you know, different things in the running game and kind of overpower you, um, you know, when they're all healthy. Uh, who, who knows at this point um, as we get late into the season how some of these teams are kind of shuffling lineups around. But those, Piecing it together. Yeah, the, <laughs> but those are the offenses that seem like they give this defense some trouble. Uh, it's not, you know, a, a, a team that just airs it out um, that's going to, you know, confuse these guys or, or get them on their heels. It's the physical teams, um, you know, that can run it between the tackles and scheme up some good runs. So that, that part of the game was, it was good to see that come through because the, the bills haven't been that way. Um, you know, delivering the expected performance on defense all that often this season. And there were some great, you know, individual efforts on that side of the ball. Um, 
Ed Oliver had uh, some strong moments, some dumb penalties, but some strong moments, uh, including that strip sack. A.J. Klein uh, continues um, his resurgence here in the, the second half of the season. Uh, Trey White, you mentioned, made a great play uh, on that interception. He's really starting to you know come into his own again here in the second half of the season. So all in all, I don't think there's too much to poke holes in with the defensive mm-hmm. performance other than fourth and 27 really you know they're letting up another one of those types of plays while basically kind of making the same mistake now of course it's not game on the line it's not it didn't cost them mostly because anthony lynn uh was tripping over himself in game and clock management but knock the ball down like you know it should have been a point of emphasis you would think uh, to have it happen two times in a row uh, it has to be frustrating for those guys, but really, that's the only thing you can you can poke holes in. I think with this defensive performance, and yeah, I mean Anthony Lynn in this game, you know, for a guy that has clearly done a good job developing his young quarterback, who has you know a team that that buys in and and is uh, you know plays hard for him. He's a great leader. He's all those things. Consistently over the last few years has just been a, a absolutely terrible game manager to the point where it's probably going to get him fired and just shows you how hard it is to to coach in the NFL and um, have all those things working in tandem right you know a guy that can you know be the the CEO of a program uh, you know have the football mind to to scheme things up and help build a team in the right image all while you know making those snap decisions during the game as a play caller Um, it's why you know it's Parts of that have fallen, uh, come up short here in Buffalo at times with Sean McDermott. Um, certainly not to the level uh, it has with Anthony Lynn lately. It seems like every every wrong decision there is to be made, he's making it. Um, and running the ball there at the end of the game when they had a chance. Of course, they probably weren't going to win no matter what. But uh, right. to kind of ruin that you know, little comeback they had going um, and just certain spots, coaching scared, not going for it. Um, not managing his timeouts well, just um, it's tough. You know, you, you it's a, a critical flaw, frankly, in him as a coach. And as much as he has going for him in other areas, that that's just absolutely killing him and killing that team right now. Yeah, and we'll get back to the Bills defense in a minute. But there were three separate times in that game where I thought to myself, Anthony Lynn, what are you doing in this certain spot? The first of the first of which was at the end of the first half when they had the ball, they were driving. It gets to be a fourth and four, I think it was, and they were on the Bills' side of the field. And rather than going for it, already down, uh, mind you, I believe they were down. Let's see, what was it? Four, 17 to six at that point. Um, already down. You're a three and seventeen really have nothing to lose you're already on the bill side of the field and he decides to punt right there even though the bills are getting the ball um at the uh, to start the second half because they deferred like that's where you have to know your situation and that is what you're talking about coaching scared and um you know what's the worst that can happen there's under under a minute to go like do the bills take it down and and get a touchdown sure maybe but you're still only four yards away from converting and potentially getting yourself more points to put yourself in the game. So that was the first of them. Um, then later in the game, when when uh, he went, he chose the the field goal to make it twenty four to seventeen, as opposed to you know he was ten yards out um, from from the end zone. I think that was a fourth and th- it was a fourth and four on that one, and only like were they going to be uh fewer than 10 yards out again <laughs> like that's that with the way the Bills defense was playing and he chose the field goal there to make it 24-17 uh and really did not give themselves many outs so that was another choice where it's like okay again you're you're down 10 it's the fourth quarter you're 3 and 7 what are you doing here you know it's not even being aggressive it's just being smart um and had he had they scored a touchdown in that spot even though the Bills scored a field goal, they still would have been within one score. 
And and then again, at, at the end, running the ball at the end of the game. It's just like, what are you doing? And he was even considering, if you remember, he was con- he tried to th- uh, run his field goal unit out there at, at the end for some insane reason. Like, what are, you, what are you thinking here? Why are you running your field goal unit out when there's six seconds to go in the game and you're down 10? Like, it's just, it's just mind-boggling to me. So... I don't know. Yeah, let's let's get back to the defense because Anthony Lynn was the clear-cut LVP for the Chargers in that game. Anyway, um, so if if you had to think about what um, who impressed you the most in this game from from the defenders' standpoint, who would it be? Because you know, I think a lot of people are probably thinking of the same same player based on how impactful he was and how all over the field he was. But I want to see if, if he's he's kind of that guy for you too. Yeah, A.J. Klein certainly yeah. comes to mind um, for a lot more than, you know, in the Seahawks game he had the, the big plays but wasn't around the ball as much as he was in this game. And, you know, wasn't consistently in the right spot and, you know, getting into the backfield. So I, I did think the uh, – the praise of AJ Klein was very much warranted. Um, I was extremely impressed with, with Trey White's interception, despite Mm -hmm. um, some down moments during the game Um, coming up with the big play. That was kind of what we saw from him so often last year. And we've now seen it a few times this year where even when a a game isn't going his way, as it often will for a corner, frankly, um, to come up with that type of play was huge. But yeah, I'd say AJ Klein because you know, he's a guy that took a lot of heat early in the season, and rightfully so, but there's... It was warranted heat, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't playing yeah. well um, yeah. at all. <laughs> uh, missing tackles, just, yeah, was not playing well. But as, you know, we've seen a lot of guys this year on that side of the ball in particular kind of round into form a little bit as the season goes on. Um, I don't think AJ Klein is an all pro pro bowl type of player, but if he's what closer to what he was Sunday than what he was at the beginning of the year, that's a good thing for this defense. And you can envision a role even when Matt Milano comes back. So, um, that could be a positive development for this group. And I, I think that, um, you know, there probably was something too. We'll never know. We'll never be able to measure exactly why or how, or, you know, all the various factors that went in, but it definitely seems like defense was more impacted early in the season by no preseason and the the shortened training camp than the offense was. And I'm not saying that's the whole reason for A.J. Klein getting off to a slow start, but um, he certainly seems to be rounding into form at the right time. Yeah, and um, it might just be right before the Bills uh, get Matt Milano back because he is eligible to return against the 49ers. But yeah, Klein... Klein was great in this game. Um, I I am very uh, much looking forward to watching what he did from an end zone angle because, you know, obviously you see so much more rather than than just the broadcast and, and figuring out exactly how good his day was. But like you said, it, it seemed like whenever there was a, a guy roaming free, he was there. And that is an impressive quality to have because that means he's playing with confidence. He's playing with decisiveness. And that uh, that is a prerequisite for their linebackers to be an impact player. And uh, and so, yeah, that was a it was a great, great play or great uh, performance from Klein all around. But, yes, I think Tredavious White and, you know, I often find it so interesting with with cornerbacks and the way that. Um, generally speaking, they are talked about because if they make pass deflections or they make interceptions, then it's the, the perception is they had a great game. And in the case of Tredavious White, early on in the game, you know, there were some underneath throws against him. And the the perception of those is that, oh man, they're picking on Tredavious White when in reality the especially with this defense and and what they were trying to do to herbert they were taking away all of the deep stuff because that's where 
he was he is his most effective and they know he is prone to take what defenses give them underneath so that's how they kind of uh, that's how they they wanted to approach him and that a lot of those times because Trey White is playing a little bit back in his zone coverage a lot of those underneath routes and end up becoming a, a a completion and that's not always Tredavious White's fault like that's a lot of that is is scheme and philosophy and and trying to make sure that you are keeping everything in front of you and not allowing this this young really good passer um, beat you deep and uh, you know I I think I think his his pitfalls a lot of times this season have been a little bit overblown and I certainly in this game I think they were they were a bit overblown as well and he I mean he he shone through and with such a huge play with that interception I mean it was so good and so instinctive and just read the play read the quarterback it, it was just high marks on that so uh, yeah I, I always find it interesting how we how we uh, approach cornerbacks um, and and how they actually performed yeah and listening to Leslie Frazier the the big issue they had with Tredavious White earlier in the season or the 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 reason why you know he seemed to get off to a slow start or what they were most concerned with was his tackling um you know less so than because of the way the scheme is designed for some plays to be made in front of him at times you need to be able to tackle uh and it wasn't always happening consistently earlier in the season and you know he's gotten better at it and I think has become uh you know a guy that is you know closer to to the all pro corner they saw last year and you know you could see him moving around the field with Keenan Allen which I was curious about because Keenan Allen does go into the slot a lot so you know that's a a sign another thing Leslie Frazier said this week was they've seen so much success letting him follow people around that maybe they should get back to doing it a little more Um, you know certainly when the matchup calls for it so uh, I think he's starting to to you know like a lot of guys on this defense you know round into form and uh, and play a lot better than he was earlier in the season but I I don't think I ever thought he was uh, particularly bad uh, early in the season I just thought he was okay um, you know for a good chunk of the early part of the season and now it seems like um, you know and the big plays play a huge part in that but it's also you know seeing some of the the other stuff he's doing, the energy he's playing with, the confidence is clearly back, and that's a good sign for the rest of the secondary because there's definitely a, a ripple effect when when a player like that starts playing the way Tredavious White is. Yeah, no doubt. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, let's get to some awards uh, and 
you know, with all of these different kind of up and down performances, I think there's there's a few to choose from. So let's begin with the, I guess, the Blaine Gabbert Award for Perseverance. Um, with this matchup in particular and all of the different players that, that played a role, who, who do you think is most worthy of the namesake Blaine Gabbert Award uh, for Week 12 against the Los Angeles Chargers? I feel like it might have to go to A.J. Klein again. Um, I know he's gotten it before, but, mm-hmm. you know, even in his good games, there were people, you know, saying us included, probably rightfully so, that it was just a few plays overshadowing, you know, an otherwise ordinary game. This was uh, the full arrival here for, for A.J. Klein. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Klein in part because I don't see a ton of other candidates. The only other guy I would, I would mention is Dawson Knox. Uh, oh, that you were, you took mine. You know, I, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna hit him. Scoring a touchdown. Didn't do a whole lot else, but he did score a touchdown, which, uh, he made it look difficult. He, he did, um, which tend to be, <laughs> I think that's a, maybe a new strategy he's trying is, uh, sure. because when the catches look too easy, he usually drops them. So he's like, he'll just make them all spectacular catches, uh, and he'll be all right. But I think he probably needed that one as badly as anybody on the team. Yeah, I I think um, Dawson Knox is a is a fine add in here. Okay, let's go to the Dree Archer Award for the player that did not show up at all in the game. Um, let's see, I need to go and look at the notes here. Um, Cole Beasley threw the touchdown, but wasn't wasn't uh, much of a factor uh, in in the passing game, which was a bit of a disappointment. Um, yeah, it was a it was a weird game because it felt like everyone showed up to a little bit of a degree. Um, I don't know. It, it, this this one's kind of tough, actually. Do you have any anyone that kind of stands out? I I can't. You can't give it to Cole Beasley because he threw a touchdown. No, he threw the touchdown. It was pass. like kind yeah. of the, the cool moment of the game. Um, I mean. You know, like Diggs had nine targets, but it was only for thirty nine yards. Yeah, you, you almost feel like it, it should be a a Lee Smith, uh, Lee Smith award here today, but he did catch okay. a ball, uh, which is a th- big thing for Lee Smith. Uh, only his se- yards after catch as well. Only his second uh, reception of the season, um, but that was one. I even you know noticed a couple plays from from Vernon Butler, maybe a guy that, that didn't show up too, too much was Quentin Jefferson. Um, but yeah, no, that's a good one. So that's a really maybe good one, Lee actually. Smith or Quentin Jefferson. Cause I did see Butler make a few plays, but I didn't see, see much out of, out of Jefferson on the surface. Yeah, that's fair. Um, all right, let's go to the Vontae Davis award winner, uh, which is the player that did not show up in the second half. I think I'm going to have to go with Josh Allen there, you know, considering the, uh, the pick, the the fumble, um, just overall inaccuracy. Uh, it it uh, it was a forgettable second half for the uh, the starting quarterback, and you know maybe it's partially to do with the the running game getting going in that second half, but he just he just didn't seem right near the end of the game and um, at, at throwing the ball and. You know, it, it wasn't really pushing the ball down the field. All of the the uh, the receptions to Stephon Diggs, um, it was they were short. Uh, he ends up with a, a average of below or just just a little bit above five yards per catch, which is not anything close to what we've come to expect from Stephon Diggs. So, uh, so yeah, I, I think I'm gonna give it to Josh Allen. Did you have? Do you agree? Do you have anybody else that that you might think there? No, I think that's that's fair, especially with two turnovers. Um, yeah, you know, one a botched snap and one pretty ugly interception. Um, one that you thought maybe he started to eliminate from his game, but they've you know crept back in a little bit. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, again, I'll probably you know I'll be watching that that ankle um, and you know seeing what's 
what's going on there um, because we saw the way the shoulder impacted him or seemed to impact him for a little while. He's probably the type of guy where the injuries, the, the impact will never be spoken about or it won't always be obvious because he'll do his best to hide things. But uh, my guess is he was playing through some pain uh, potentially and uh, right. may have to do so for a little while here. Um, so we'll see. Maybe that played a part in the, the second half showing and not getting all of it, uh, you know, not really firing off that back foot, um, you know, on that on that interception. But, yeah, he was not great in the second half. Not great most of the game, but especially in the second half. And not to be outdone, the Gotta Watch the Tape Award winner. I think uh, I, I feel pretty strongly about this player for the Gotta Watch the Tape Award because this is a guy that Sean McDermott has said, let's see, he said tonight, um, look, he's a veteran player. He's come in and done a nice job, and he's really proud of the way he's embraced what they do. Brian Winters wins the Gotta Watch the Tape tape award of the day because first viewing he was not good he has not been good this this season um and they continue to start him even though he has been the uh the clear weakness along the offensive line struggles with power um but plays the offensive line so gotta watch the tape right always gotta watch the tape on the offensive line and you know Offensive line is the easiest uh, spot for them to say, eh, you know, you guys don't really know what we're asking those guys to do and, you know, this and that. So it's a, it's the perfect. Are you asking Brian Winters <laughs> to get blown off the ball? Yeah, you don't know what the scheme's calling for. You got you to gotta know the play calls and the assignments and uh, getting manhandled yeah. might have been. Might have been part of it. You just don't know. Might have been. Could you imagine if that's actually in the playbook? Like, all right, you're gonna you're gonna get uh, thrown to the side here, and which allows Zach Moss to to go up the field and clears the lane for yeah, him. Yeah, really trying like, to. We're really trying to get Singletary and Zach Moss to work on making that first guy miss. So if you could get manhandled <laughs> up on the snap, that'd be great. Um, but no, they offensive line is always that. It's always. You always got to watch the tape, which is partially true, but also partially yeah, a, uh, a fun coping mechanism that, that NFL players and coaches like to use. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Um, that's probably going to do it for us here tonight. So the Bills collect their uh, their victory. They are 8-3, and three, even though, you know, if, if you listen back to this podcast, you're probably thinking, hey, kind of. Like the way that we've been talking, it almost kind of sounded like they lost, but it's 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 only because a this Bills team is a good team and they are eight and three, so that uh, that they deserve credit for. Um, but it it just almost felt like a like a missed opportunity of sorts, and you know I don't I don't think the uh, the podcast after the game should should uh, move aside from that. I think that that's kind of the tone of after what happened and you know it, it, they they do have some question marks from that game and uh, despite some of the the stronger areas which we covered so so yeah they, they've got they've got some things to work on wouldn't you agree yeah they certainly do anytime the over doesn't hit you know you've got you've got things to work <laughs> on and uh, except for on the defensive side of the ball but if you would have told me that you yeah know, the the chargers really could have made the uh the the spread interesting there at the end but anthony lynn you know anthony lynn and his moment anthony freaking the good thing for buffalo football fans is that while the bills went under on their over under ub went over on the game over under of 67 and a half by themselves against kent state on saturday so it was a an overall good weekend for the over, I think, when when that happens. Yeah, absolutely. Jarrett Patterson went went nuts, and we'll have to see exactly how uh, the rest of his season goes. But but yeah, that's that's a pretty impressive day. Um, and Josh Allen, by the way, uh, just just some quick math. 
uh, without the 44-yard pass, which uh, to Gabriel Davis, which was a um, a byproduct of the Chargers jumping off sides and Allen knowing that he could take a shot without any repercussions. Without that play, his average yards per completion is was 6.6 for the game, which is woof status when you look at it. And that that's not yards per attempt. That's yards per completion. Yards per attempt, let's see, quick math, was 4.9. So not ideal for, for the Joshinator. To be um, fair, that, um, if you're taking out that play, you got to throw in the 47 yards they gained on the Stefan Diggs pass interference. Uh, I suppose, but that I ball suppose. was also nowhere It wasn't close. a great ball. I don't think it was yeah. all that great of a decision. You'd like to think like, oh, he's yeah. throwing it up there. He gave him a trying shot. to draw that, the it. pass interference. Um, I think he just got a little lucky, but still, nonetheless, yeah. forty-seven yards of offense created, um, probably mostly by Stephon Diggs, but partially by Josh Allen. Maybe partially by Josh Allen not throwing that great of a ball um, because yeah. the corner was yeah, adjusting definitely. a certain way. So uh, probably not really ever that bad of a decision to just chuck it up and hope for a pass interference yeah, definitely in the not. NFL these days. Especially so, when it's digs too. Um, you, yeah, I'd give him a, a little bit of a um, little bit of credit there. Skews the numbers a little bit, but um, yeah, sure. yeah. Outside of uh, the big play to Davis, and uh, even if you include it, um, just kind of one of the the ho hum types of games that he had in 2019 that had hadn't really popped up too often this year. But um, mm-hmm. you know, they were eight and three at this point last year. They're eight and three now. They finished two and four uh, a year ago, so they're right back where they were last year when things. Um, I don't want to say completely unraveled on them because they made the playoffs. They went ten and six, but they had that tough game against Houston in the playoffs. All that to say that these eleven games, what may have gone right and wrong at various points, this is what matters you know the the final stretch here and then when they get into january it it feels like we've been Mm -hmm. saying it since october because playoffs have been a foregone conclusion for a while Um, but that's when we'll we'll learn just how different this team is because at this point they took a different path they've taken found a different way to get there but they're right where they were a year ago and uh it was their finish last year that left a lot to be desired. So we'll see how much this team has, has grown and learned from that when they head into these final five games of the regular season and into the playoffs, three, four straight national television games, three of them on prime time, one at four thirty on a Saturday. So adjust your sleep schedules, folks. Oh, I have not. I, I, already am going to try and adjust mine to be up until whatever five in the morning <laughs> that that we're going to have to be when, when we're working with that game but um but yeah the bills have a great opportunity they've got the 49ers who have a losing record they have the denver broncos who have a losing record and the new england patriots who have a losing record so uh all of uh, they have opportunities to to win and the dolphins who they've already beat you know in addition to the Steelers who just so happen to be undefeated, but you know, that's, that's really their big, their last big game against a team that is for sure going to be in the playoffs along with them. So it should be a good stretch uh, to end the season, but we'll have to see how they do it. And if they can drift out of the tendencies from 2019 and become more of the, the 2020 offense that, that we saw near the beginning of the season. All right. So that'll do it for us. Uh, if you haven't yet, please head over to theathletic.com slash the Buffalo Beat and take us up on the best deal that we've got going of the year. It uh, It is over by early December, I believe December 4th, um, and it is $1 a month to subscribe for new subscribers to The Athletic, $12 for the entire year. Makes for a great gift for uh, for sports fans that that you might have in your life, like um, like if you're 
your dad or your grandpa, like they have a cell phone and they're, they're used to reading the paper, but you want to give them a, a different perspective. Like, or your that's mom a, or your mom or, or, or your grandmother, or your mom or your grandmother or your aunt or your uncle, you know, or, or your sister, any, anybody just, uh, jump on in and, um, $12 for the year is a really stinking good deal. So go to the athletic.com slash the Buffalo beat and, uh, sign up today. Um, so that, uh, yeah, I, I would highly encourage it because I don't know the next time we're going to see a, a deal like that. Okay. So for Matthew Fairburn, my name is Joe Biscalia. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the Buffalo beat. And we will talk to you for the game preview pod when the bills will be set to take on the San Francisco 49ers. See you then.